All right, welcome to episode 31 of Music City Horror. Um, this episode will be kind of weird. We have one three-man crew at the beginning, and then we have another three-man crew at the end. So <laughs> part of the episode is Kayla, Lena, and Eli. And then the interview with Lloyd Kaufman is KB, Lena, and Eli. So anyways, us three are here, and we're doing the beginning of the show. So, um, so yeah, I think we're just going to talk about a few, just some random stuff we've watched lately, and then we'll go... Um, into the highlight of the show, which is Lana's fun facts. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think Kayla and I have seen uh, Pet Cemetery, so we were going to comment on that. Um, mm-hmm. you, you go first, being the, the huge King nerd that you are. Yeah, actually, um, I am rereading all of King's books uh, chronologically, and I hit Pet Cemetery about the time the movie came out. And I've read Pet Cemetery a few times, and I'm very attached to the book. Um, and I had pretty high expectations for the movie and it fell a little flat for me as far as the emotional aspect of the story and some of the changes I didn't particularly like. It's not a bad movie. I found it enjoyable. Uh, my husband really liked it, even though he didn't know really anything about the movie at all. Um, and so it's not bad. Like the acting's great. It's, it's, a lot of fun in some places, but I feel like it just missed the point for me of the story itself. It didn't, it just didn't quite work for me. Um, but it, it was good. I, I don't dis, uh, I don't discourage people from seeing it, but I, I kind of feel like I wish I had a little bit of a, uh, heads up and maybe kind of damp down my uh, expectations a little bit before I saw it. But Hopefully, yeah. but a lot of people really like it a lot and say that I'm, you know, being a snob about it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> had uh, Aaron seen the original? No, movie? he he had okay. no idea. I was like, we're going to go see Pet Cemetery tonight. And he was like, oh, what's that about? Oh, like, as if he's not married to like a huge horror. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say to you right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, just the, the 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 big thing that I I've read about it is just um, how it's just like another trend with like like the strong male grieving, you know? Uh, yeah. And and I don't know, maybe it was just the the, the guy that played it, Jason, Jason Clark, I think is his name. Um, I kind of thought he was like the bump well. There was a lot of issues, but like the last Terminator with, with, uh, the one where Arnold came back, uh, he played John Connor in that. And I was just like, man, this is like a walking two by four. You know, he was just so, you know, and, and, you know, his accent coming in. Yeah. You know, um, but I mean, and, and, you know, at, at the funeral, he, you do see the little teardrops. I mean, it's not like he wasn't upset, but he was just so, like, I don't know. And I, I think, like, the, the, the book especially is really about grief, yeah. you know. And mm-hmm. um, I just don't know if he was the right one to convey that. And then, you know, John Lithgow, I didn't hate his performance, but, like, I definitely think that they, like, you know, we don't want a 10, we want a one or a two. So really scale it back. And I think he really, you know, I think they could have explored more with his wife being deceased, you know, and, um, you know, but 
And it was also kind of like another, you know, there were very scary scenes in the trailer and then those weren't in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Weird editing. Uh, in yeah. the way it was edited, it made it seem like it was much more intense. And even though I've read the mm-hmm. book and I'm aware of the parts that are actually intense and the parts that are more subdued about grief, um, I feel like it... I feel like trailers with horror are very challenging because they set the expectations so high that it's going to be the most terrifying movie you've ever seen. And then it's actually like a meditation on grief <laughs> and death. And you're like, oh, this is not the slasher I expected it to be. That's kind of a hard yeah. sell. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like horror runs into that a little bit too often. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I get it. Probably the people making the trailer were not the ones on oh, set. Sure. Yeah. So they're just like, whatever, we'll just throw the, you know. So I get that. But it's almost kind of like a bait and switch kind of a deal. And you're kind of like, well, this is going to get, there's going to be at least that. You know, I, I got that to look forward to. And that looks creepy and then doesn't happen. So, um, and then, you know, I think Zelda, I, I think they really like, not only dumbed it down, but really played it for like just almost like she was a monster, know. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a bummer. Um, yeah, it was really, it was very. Um, I don't know, you know, in the first one again, again, you know, when you watch the first, well, when I watched the first one, I was a kid, so. But you know, the first one, you really, you kind of sympathize, you know, you feel sorry for, her and they really, I think it's a more human portrayal, and. Um, yeah, so I'm right there with you. I, it was definitely flat for me, and um, there was a couple times I was like nodding off, oh, which that's not good. Is that the only time <laughs> that happened before was that's not good. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm hoping I can push my expectations down a whole lot, you know, for when it comes out. Like last night, we watched The Nun on because it was streaming on HBO Go. Oh. <laughs> even then like I know I'm, I'm not paying well technically paying to see it on HBO but it was meh <laughs> even with my expedi- expectations just down you know like way yeah. down <laughs> yeah. so I'm hoping maybe if I do that when it comes out to rent I can be like oh this is okay or at least give it a chance sure. you know yeah, definitely give it a chance I will say I'm a cat person as people know the performance of the cats who play church was excellent. Um, Yay! Awesome. With the cat performance in the movie. Um, this church, was, cat this church was very effective, and I really liked him a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love it. Instagram pictures of him in his little bow tie. <laughs> oh, oh, he's so, so cute. Yeah. <laughs> See it for the animals. It's, it's great. See, it just reminds me of like I call it I call it an FX movie, and not like special effects, like the the the, the channel FX. Like that's something that's going to air at like three p.m. on a Thursday, and uh-huh. they're not going to have to really edit it very much. It's just going to be read. You know, it's I don't I think this one was rated R, but it wasn't really R rated to me. Maybe language, but um. You know, so it's like, it's just a studio churning out, you know, sell it to FX, throw it on at three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. deal. So, um, 
So, yeah, you know, and we've talked about this before. I mean, Stephen King, we're in the renaissance right now. So, I mean, there's so much stuff of his getting optioned and put out. And, you know, for every, um, uh, you know, it, um, you know, we're going to have this. And um, I think, uh, was was Gerald's game? That was a yes. Stephen King. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we have that, but then we have Castle Rock, which was like a snooze fest, you know? So, like, I think he's just so prolific, and he's going to have so much stuff optioned. Uh, what was the last I, – I, I sent you something recently, Kayla. Was it the, t- the Talesman? Oh, yeah, the Talesman, which I'm reading right now. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, and, you know, that one, I, I, I would put that as, you know, not a mainstream. I don't think your average person knows about that. You know, so they're starting to get into, like, the B-level and the C-level stuff just to – find stuff to put out you know so i think we're gonna you know for all the good stuff i think we're gonna have like two or three just yeah. kind of eh stuff uh, like the, the miss tv show they put out about a year ago was mm-hmm. awful oh my it was just horrible so um you know i guess it's just kind of be glad we're getting horror you know what i mean it's been a really packed spring so i mean everything's gonna be home really around, I guess. Uh, the yeah. directors did starry eyes before pet cemetery and i really love starry yeah. eyes and so it was really nice to get to see them oh, do yeah. um, a bigger budget movie a bigger uh name movie bigger studio and hopefully they'll be now trusted to keep making like really good horror so uh, hopefully they'll yeah. just keep going on from there because I think they're really talented uh, this one just kind of fell flat for me so uh, hopefully they'll continue working in horror because we need smart interesting people out there doing uh, interesting things so hopefully we'll get more yeah yeah um, uh, Blumhouse released a new uh, horror movie called Thriller the other day and um, uh, it wasn't bad uh, there was a lot of it I liked. Uh, I thought the I thought the cast was good. Um, it's it's basically all African Americans. I think there's one or two like Hispanic or Latino background characters, but it's mainly it's set in like Compton uh, in Los Angeles. So it's it's definitely so it's kind of like a Boys in the Hood slash horror movie, I guess. And um, um, I can never pronounce his name right. He he's the the de facto leader of the Wu Tang. Is Riza R Z A Riza? I think mm-hmm. is how they pronounce him. Or how people pronounce it. Excuse me. Um, he was one of the producers, and then he he had a role in it. And um, he's done a lot of in the last twenty years or so. I mean, he he uh, he scored um, the Kill Bill movies for Quentin Tarantino, and oh, he's, wow. he's yeah. So he's he's done a he's been getting into more like movie stuff and. So, um, it was, uh, um, I, I thought it was shot really well and like, it, it kind of looked like it was like 1991. It wasn't set in 1991, but it kind of <laughs> looked like, you know, uh, boys in the hood on acid or something, you know, like there's the, like a kind of slasher kind of element to it. Yeah. Um, there's a little kind of a twist. Um, you don't really see kind of two twists, I guess. Um, and um but uh i can never remember his name um the guy that played uh uh bubba on forrest gump he's in it he plays a cop and um 
But yeah, it's mainly like unknown or like people that have done like TV stuff. There's one guy that was on like General Hospital and one guy that had been on like, uh, I don't know, I think the Friday Night Lights TV show or something. So it was a bunch of like those kind of actors. But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, um, I mean, just to turn on Netflix and it just be there and just watch it. It's an hour and a half and yeah, mm. I don't have to leave my couch. I mean, it's. Yeah, I I appreciate it for that at least, you know. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I want. Well, check it out. I'm interested. I think one did Kayla. Did you did you say you watched? Was it the silence? Yeah, uh, watch the silence on Netflix. Um, I always like apocalyptic disaster movies, even the really bad ones. Uh, I just really like them a lot. And so this one kind of goes along with it. Uh, a lot of people compare it to A Quiet Place because these creatures hunt by sound. Uh, I will say the book came out before The Quiet Place, so it's not a copy or knockoff. It's it's a little bit different, which is fine. Um, however, it's not as good as A Quiet Place. <laughs> it, uh, it's fine. It, you know, if you're, if you're bored one day, check it out. The production quality is really quite high. Stanley Tucci's in it, and I always love Stanley Tucci. Uh, Kiernan Shipka's in it, who is also on Sabrina, and I really like her. Um, and it was a really strong cast. Uh, the story kind of falls apart a little bit, and I haven't read the book, so I don't know if it's Netflix's fault or the book's fault. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. So, yeah, again, if you're bored on a Thursday at 3 p.m., you're looking for an FX-style movie, this is, this is fun. Um, <laughs> it was fun. I, I liked it. I wasn't scared, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, cool. again, more horror. And different kinds of horror. Just yes. throw it all at me. Give it to us. <laughs> yeah. Take my yeah. money. <laughs> Take my money. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yes. Scare <laughs> me. <laughs> Um, I will say this, we, uh, we got a notice, um, from Shudder today. Um, they have, uh, acquired the internationally acclaimed film Tigers Are Not Afraid for all Shudder territories. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see, I was trying to read it. This is way too small. Anyways, it's, uh, it was written and directed by Isa Lopez, and I think it was uh, I think it was released in Mexico originally. Um, so we're starting to get a lot of. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't want to call it Mexican horror, but I mean the horror movies from Mexico. Um, so, but that one I'd, I'd heard some kind of acclaim about it. I don't know if it was at the, the Cannes Film Festival or uh, something. So. Uh, That'll be another big one that'll be out this year on Shutter. Awesome. And um, we've, uh, of course, you know, Joe Bob is still going strong on Shutter. He will be here in Nashville next month. Um, What is that? Thursday, May 23rd at the Belcourt. So, um, and I think. I think Diana's going to be with him. I think she's coming out for it too. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, I hope so. so. Maybe we'll uh, get another word in with them while they're here and 
do interviews Let part two up. or something. Isn't there a show called How Rednecks Saved Hollywood? Yeah. That's, that's it. That's <laughs> so fun. Yeah. I'm yeah, here for I'm it. Here for yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I was uh I was talking to Vanderbilt about booking that show and having him here and um kind of was going back and forth and um I guess in that time Belcourt booked him, so as long as he's here, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Exactly. So um let's see i think the next big thing coming out is uh the Leila rona movie oh yeah any uh, next week or two weeks from i'm now. very interested in that yeah i love that yeah it looks different enough yes. you know from your typical horror yeah i really like that legend yeah. a lot i find it really creepy so i'm excited yes. to see it in the movie yes, before So, yeah, I know like um, one of my um, friends from back home uh, of Hispanic descent, he's very familiar with that story. Like his parents told him that story when oh, he was wow. a child. Yeah. <laughs> and if I ever have children, I will tell them yeah. the story as well. So from like <laughs> screwing around near the water, stay yeah. safe. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Don't make me mad or La Corona is going to throw you in the river. <laughs> what is that? Um, well, cool. Um, oh, I forgot about... <laughs> yes. La Corona is going to throw you in the river. <laughs> we don't forget, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, love it. Love those sounds. Good. That's close to the rap horn. And his name is John Thugonomics. <laughs> There's our, rest, our wrestling. You know, I don't even know a lot about wrestling, but that is one of the best memes on the internet. Uh, with John Cena <laughs> moment is classic. <laughs> uh. Well, it's funny now because when that horn kicks in, the crowd sings John Cena sucks and it goes along with it. <laughs> John Cena sucks! Great. I love it. Um, cool. Well, I think we can move into the fun facts if you're ready. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Let me hit your music. All right, take it away. All right, thank you. Um, all right, kids, buckle up your seatbelts. We're jumping on a first class ride to Tromaville. <laughs> so, my fun facts are about, um, about, well, mostly about Troma Entertainment, uh, since. We're inter we were interviewing Lloyd Kaufman. We did interview Lloyd Kaufman. Um, Lloyd is many things. He's a producer, director, screenwriter, editor, composer, actor, president, and co-founder of Troma Entertainment. Now, we all know Troma movies um, are kind of, you know, made to be look low-budget, sex comedy, horror 
films with slapstick humor, uh, with the occasional underlying social commentary. But what you might not know is that some big stars um, had their start uh, in some trauma films. So I'm going to give you all a a little list of some well-known celebrities that appeared or helped write trauma movies. So here we go. Number one, Kevin Costner. He was in a movie called Sizzle Beach, USA. Um, two. No, I I knew that, but I didn't know that was a trauma. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I remember seeing Sizzle Beach on like US, USA up all night. Oh, that's funny. I feel like I need to see most of these now after reading who's in them. Uh, this one wasn't totally surprising to me. Corey Feldman was in Toxic oh. Avenger 4. Hmm. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, Samuel L. Jackson was in a movie called Death by Temptation. Yeah, I, I think that. that was in his super early career. Um, Ron Jeremy was in Newcomb High 3. That was mm. not surprising. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone of South Park um, helped write Cannibal the Musical. And that, that, yeah, that was actually yeah, their debut, I believe, which is really cool. Um, and lastly, Billy Bob Thornton was in Chopper Chicks in wow. Zombie Town. <laughs> so I definitely want to go go and watch these so I can spot the the celebrities. Um, but as as most of us know. Troma's most famous contribution to cinema uh, is the cult classic, The Toxic Avenger. And while there are over a thousand films in the Troma portfolio, here are five recommendations uh, of movies to start with other than Toxic Avenger. Um, and I got this from geeks.com. I feel like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> uh, number one, I have seen this class of Newcomb High from 1986. Um, which is about a gang of, so- of school kids who are turned into mutants by radioactive water. Uh, this takes place, obviously, in the mid-'80s, and it's the follow-up to The Toxic Avenger. Um, that's streaming now, I believe. And I want to say Amazon Prime. So check it out. Uh, number two, Combat Shock from the same year, 1986. Uh, it's one of the most interesting films on the trauma roster. This movie is about an agent, or is it about um, an agent orange scarred Vietnam vet gone wrong? <laughs> Scary. <laughs> uh, number three, Surf Nazis Must Die from 1987. I'm already yes. intrigued. After an earthquake uh, destroys California, a bunch of neo Nazis take over the waves in this trauma classic. Uh, that sounds pretty cool. It sounds like playing um, World. What's the game? Um, Modern Warfare. Do know? Call of Duty. Yes, Call of Duty Zombies, but in a movie. <laughs> uh, number four, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Like I said, with Billy Bob Thornton uh, from 1989. It's about a gang of tough women bikers. Uh, who are the only thing that stand between a crowd of zombies and the town. Cool. And lastly, yes, that sounds super awesome. Uh, Lastly, this is the one with uh, 
Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone from South Park, Cannibal the Musical. That's from 1997. Uh, and it's about the famed frontier cannibal, Alfred uh, Packer. All right. Um, but like I said at the beginning, if you're not sure where to start, start with The Toxic Avenger because it is so much fun. And it is the film that really uh, got Troma on the map and introduced them to the world. So that's my fun facts. Yes, Hope y'all enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I think the cannibal movie, if I'm not mistaken, I, th- I think that, like, I think the South Park guys did it and then trauma just released it. So I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know how much input trauma, because trauma will occasionally like release movies. Like they'll, they won't really like write or direct it. Um, it's not normal. I don't think they do a lot of that, but I want to say that was like their movie and then trauma just released it or something. But um, it's a, I mean, if you like the book of Mormon, I mean, it's in that vein. So um, yeah. Cool. Same. Um, I mean, I think that's it. Um, yeah, I do want to say that Lloyd was a pleasure to talk to and a very nice guy and hilarious. Yeah, he uh, he he enjoyed the poster that Lena's uh, brother Chris whipped up for us. Yes, and he he dubbed him Crazy Chris. Adorable. <laughs> yes, yes, Lloyd. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, um, I think we'll just segue into the interview with Lloyd Kaufman. We had to, we had to cut it short. Um, basically like Lloyd was out front and in the lobby before the movie started. And so everyone was just bombing him. They were buying merch and then getting it signed and pictures and all that. So the, the start time got pushed and then we had to cut some of the questions. So it's not as long as we originally intended, but anyways, it was cool to talk to him and, you know, uh, do it in front of an audience. And, um, yeah, so we recorded that and that will be up next. Welcome to Full Moon Cineplex. Uh, we are three-fourths of Music City Horror, a, po- a podcast here in town. Um, this man to our right needs no introduction. Mr. Lloyd Kaufman's here. Thank you very much. Hello. And the Toxic Avenger. The and toxic also the Toxic Avenger. Avenger. Um, tonight we're showing uh, Return to Newcomb High Volume 2, and we just wanted to do a little live interview with him. And this will be our next episode. So wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll be able to listen to this later on. So, yeah. So we got a couple questions for Mr. Kaufman. Um, this one's kind of a softball question. Tell us a little bit about your background and your upbringing. Very broad. <laughs> softball. Yeah, softball. I'm getting some softballs right now. Is, is, the, uh, is, is the mic on? Can you hear me? Does he sound good? I'm, I'm just a bourgeois uh, person from uh, New York City, basically. A Yale graduate. I went, yes, but I basically <laughs> just think, humble, think of humble. bourgeois, think of anti-Vietnam, 
uh, da draft dodger. Uh, think of Yale. Think of uh, having, I just happened to get a roommate who uh, was a movie fanatic at Yale, and uh, I just drifted into the movies he was showing at the Yale Film Society and got obsessed with movies. And, and I've written six or seven books all about movies. I've written them for you, Kayla. Nice. Thank They've all you. been written for you. Thank you. Nice. Because I am not. This I'm ring doesn't mean. This is <laughs> not what you think it is, Kayla. Those books were for you. Anyway, they're all about filmmaking. If any of you here are filmmakers, like Kayla. I'm most certainly not a filmmaker. What do you? What do you do? I'm a makeup artist. Ah, well that's <laughs> that's much close. Like, that's a close, higher, but not so much. That's that's higher up the food chain from the filmmaker. <laughs> let me tell you. Okay, but a uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> Read my my books are good. Seriously, some of you had me sign them tonight, and they're really good, right? And they're they're both yes. education educational Woo. and uh, masturbational. <laughs> All right, um, Lloyd, um, have you always been a B horror fan? And what were some of your favorite ones growing up? Well, uh, I I didn't really grow up with much horror other than my family life, but <laughs> <laughs> my brother made Mother's Day. Have you ever seen Mother's yes. Day? Yes. Eli Roth's. Eli Roth's favorite horror movie. That's a classic. And that was basically our mother with the two of us brothers. Uh, so, <laughs> but I think Frankenstein had the biggest effect on me. Again, I'm old, and you know, I, I when we were kids, we discovered Frankenstein on television with Zachary, and uh, you know, it blew our minds. And uh, it was funny and yet scary, and and there was pathos, and you know, it had it all. But uh, so I think that for me is the uh, the paramount. Oops, I don't mean paramount. Uh, I hate the paramount. Bad voice, bad studio, <laughs> big conglomerate. But I think Frankenstein's. Uh, in fact, Toxic Avenger is heavily influenced by Frankenstein. We always wanted Frankenstein monster to live, right, Toxie? And and and, uh, and Toxie's a, a sympathetic monster. And certainly comes from the loins of Frankenstein. <laughs> So other than getting a college roommate that loved horror movies and loved films, what drew you to wanting to write and direct your own? A great question, Kayla. I knew someday that I would be standing here with a great makeup artist. <laughs> very supple, very supple me. great makeup artist, too. Yeah, you're in good, you're in good shape. This isn't about this me. This is terrific. This is not about me. <laughs> At any rate, uh, it's, a, it's a very good question. And uh, Preston Sturgis, a great, again, I'm, the, the, the directors that I liked w were directors from kind of thir 30s, 40s, 50s, because I'm of, of the 60s. And, uh, and uh, Preston Sturgis was the, he, he was like the greatest director. He was the Oliver Stone of his age, kind of. He made satires, but they were great. He did five in a row, and he still got brought down by the suits. And his his uh, his biography is called uh, Between the Flops, <laughs> and and he ended up as a drunkard. It was terrible, and he was destroyed by the suits. So one of the reasons that I uh, decided to go on in the underground and just stay in New York and do my thing is uh, I, I just didn't want to get involved in the in the uh, West Coast kind of stuff. Also, they produced the uh, as you know they produced the blacklist and other horrible things. So. You know, they all caved into the Nazis. Really didn't want to be part of it. Jeez. And the French, the French, you know about the French? 
the French, you know, they they have the auteur theory of of, of, of cinema. They uh, Godard, Jean-Luc Godard, and uh, Truffaut. Uh, boy, am I boring. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Help me. I'm dying. I think I think everybody's having a good time. So they want to hear all the please. stories. They're Don't here worry. for you. Don't feel like you're boring. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Godard is boring. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. He's great. He's great. But they propounded the auteur theory of, of uh, cinema uh, in the uh, post-war era. era. And uh, the idea was the director of the film is the master of the film, the author, auteur, the author of the movie, that the movie should reflect the heart, soul, and, and, and the brain of the movie maker. So I got... I speak French, and the Yale Film Society had a stack of these magazines, and I started reading them, and they were worshiping Hitchcock as a great auteur, filmmaker, and Samuel Fuller, and, and Fritz Lang, and John Ford, and Mizuguchi, and Jean Renoir, and Fritz Lang, and Lenny Riefenstahl, and, and, and uh, so I bought into that kind of theory, and I wanted, so then I uh, made the final decision. Oh, this is interesting, actually. I'm, any of you take acid by any chance? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the 60s, acid was acid. And I took acid one night, uh, uh, my senior year at Yale. I, I had the opportunity to either work uh, in uh, California on a, uh, on a big movie with Barbara Streisand, uh, Owl and the Pussycat, or I could work for a crappy little shit company in New York called Cannon. And I took acid, and during that night, uh, I decided to stay in New York and uh, work for the shitty little company. So that's a beautiful, inspirational story for you. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> now I've just uh, said more than I've ever said to my <laughs> Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but in the 70s, you freelanced for a lot of... Uh, Really big movies, Rocky, uh, Saturday Night Fever, uh, The Final Countdown. Uh, you've mentioned that the experience on The Final Countdown made you never want to work with a major studio again. Um, what happened with that production that made you think that? Like, what 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 was the nail in the coffin with that? Well, uh, uh, Troma had a very was a uh, one of the producers on The Final Countdown. We had a very small percentage, and. Uh, 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 Kirk Douglas's son was the producer, but he was 19 years old, and I was the adult. So I was kind of the 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 production manager, but I got a, a associate producer credit, and Troma got uh, some points. Uh, and uh, Kirk Douglas was a good thing. I, he taught me a lot. He was he's a great man, and. Uh, he he almost punched me out, but once he 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 takes he took the position. He's still alive too. He's like right? hundred one. He's the guy who broke the blacklist. He, he owned Spartacus. He made all these great movies. He directed movies. I mean, the, he's one of the. There's nobody greater. He's a god. But I he 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 assumed everybody lies in the movie business, and he he kind of hates you until he realizes you're telling him the truth, and. Uh, at the beginning, it was very tumultuous. But once he realized that I, I would stand up to him and, and that I wasn't giving him shit, uh, he became a good buddy. And I learned a hell of a lot from him. And he was very proud. He st Kirk Douglas told me uh, the last time I saw him, which was quite a while ago, uh, a long time ago in New York, he, he said he was very proud of uh, Troma and that Troma was uh, doing its own thing. And he did do his own thing. You know, he, he uh, gave Dalton Trumbo his uh, credit uh, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, he made Spartacus. And, uh, he did a lot of really innovative things, uh, Kirk did. 
And I think he owns all, most of the movies he's in. I think he owns Seven Days in May and Spartacus and many others. That's wild. So in that regard, the final countdown was a good thing. Uh, and But all, everybody else, Kirk Douglas, his son, and I, I, I think were the only ones who wanted to make a good movie. Everybody else was, how much, how much could they glom off of petty cash or, or fake or whatever? Uh, and what was for the lunch? And uh, uh, there weren't ch enough chairs. We, uh, you know, we were on a friggin' air aircraft carrier or something with not enough chairs for the, uh, some, you know, bullshit. And, oh, and, and Jimmy Farantino was pissed off because Kirk Douglas had a corner suite in the hotel. You know, that, those were the things I got, right? Yeah, Farantino also, there was something wrong with the mattress in the hotel in uh, Florida. That, you know, it was all about that stuff. It was not about the movie. So uh, that, uh, then, uh, and if you get the Blu-ray, if you get the Blu-ray for Final Countdown, uh, I, I uh, was interviewed and I speak my mind rather freely. I say, I say much worse things on that than I'm doing now. <laughs> But the good thing is that Kirk Douglas gave me a great, uh, great, great inspiration. He's, he was a great man, and I learned a tremendous amount from him. But I also learned uh, that was it for me with the mainstream. I ain't going back. That was awful. That was horrible. Let's talk about one of your biggest hits, The Toxic Avenger. We've well, got Toxie here. Give it up for Toxie. Yeah, Toxie. So excited. Who are you wearing tonight, hey, Toxie? Yes, what are you, who are you wearing? <laughs> See, it's beautiful. He dressed See? up for the evening. I love it. Uh, what was your inspiration for the Toxic Adventure, and what was it like to be part of Toximania? Well, the um, the 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 I can talk. I literally could talk for an hour on how Toxie was created, but we had made some uh, very successful raunchy comedies before Porky's came out. We made Squeeze Play, Waitress, Stuck on You, and the First Turn On, and they did very well. And then Porky's came out. And the uh, the uh, studio started making the same kind of movies, uh, raunchy comedies, except they were playing unfair. They were using good scripts and good actors. So, <laughs> God damn it, we had to go elsewhere. <laughs> <coughs> so one one uh, day, uh, Michael Hurst saw a headline in one of the trade newspapers, Variety maybe, or Hollywood Reporter, one of those, that said uh, horror films no longer uh, viable, no longer uh, commercially viable, profitable. So he said, let's go there. We'll go there. When the experts say something like that, we will go there. <laughs> Got to listen to the people that know what they're talking about, right? So uh, anyway, there's a lot more about toxic. Obviously, Frankenstein. And Chaplin, Chaplin, uh, uh, right? The blind, uh, the blind uh, significant other. And, and they both were blind, City Lights and Toxie, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Preston Sturgis, for sure. Tromaville is heavily inspired by uh, Preston Sturgis. <coughs> Fond satire of America is basically what I'm talking about, which is what Tromaville is. Well, obviously, you've made a, a large selection of beloved films, Newcomb High, Sergeant Kabuki Man, <laughs> Tromeo and Juliet. Um, what do you look for when you're wanting to decide to turn a script into a movie? How does that transition look like for you? Well, um, it's hard. The script is the most important thing. And, and um, that's why Preston Sturgis, by the way, went into directing, because he was doing very good scripts, but then the directors would screw him up. So he said, I'll, I'm going to go in. And that, that, I'm going to go and direct, do it myself. And uh, indeed, he had, uh, made some great movies. I think I'd, we just look for something that's one of a kind. 
Uh, in fact, uh, if you go to the Chattanooga Film Festival, I think I can announce it now, uh, a movie we just finished. I didn't direct it, so it's, uh, it's quite good. Uh, it's, called, uh, it's called Mutant Blast. Uh, keep, and it's going to be in the Chattanooga Film Festival and uh, made by uh, Fernando Ale, who worked on uh, Return to Nukemai 1 and 2. So I think we look for a kind of a one-of-a-kind uh, thing, something that people might remember and, and have a little emotion that might be a ride, uh, not baby food, which most unfortunately most of the heavily advertised movies are baby food. But you can live on baby food. It's just boring. Yes. <laughs> boring like my long-winded answers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I, th I think everyone's enjoying it. It's not a problem. <laughs> You're very polite. Oh, you, thank you, Tox. So You're very polite. Thank you. So speaking and by of the way, thank you, Ben Dixon. Oh, Ben, ben Dixon. Stacy, thank you. Yeah. Ben Dixon and the great, uh, wonderful staff at... at uh, the yeah, Full Moon's full awesome. Moon. We, we love it out here. We are very appreciative yeah. of them always taking such good care of everybody. Yeah, it's awesome, Tom. Um, speaking of uh, in movie production, um, Nashville and just Tennessee in general, there's a lot of creative people out here. Um, do you have any words of advice for someone wanting to make their own movies? Uh, well, I think uh, the bard, the bard says it, to thine own self be true. A phrase coined by William Shakespeare, who wrote the great American bestseller, 101 Money-Making Screenplay Ideas, <laughs> otherwise known as Hamlet. <laughs> I think it's basically, you only go around once, and if you're going to do this, you may as well make it an art uh, rather than a business. If, you, if it happens to make a lot of money, that's terrific. And we've been, I've been lucky. This is my 50th year of making movies that, with nobody bossing me around except my wife, you know. <laughs> And she's not here now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no! Please don't, don't, don't. In the vault, please. It's just don't, a joke. She would have come, but she would have come. And Ben Dixon knows my wife is the best. She was New York State Film Commissioner. Been married 45 years. She's uh, our middle daughter is getting married, and she, uh, my wife, is uh, doing a lot. It's coming up very soon. So, otherwise, she would definitely be here. She would have loved this. Well, Lloyd, we're about to start wrapping In fact, she's in the movie. Thing. You'll see my wife in volume two. Sorry to interrupt. I apologize. <laughs> my wife says the same thing. <laughs> interrupt constantly. <laughs> Sorry. Um, where, what can fans look forward to next from you? Ah, that's a perfect question. Thank you. Because tonight we have a teaser. The first taste, the first uh, aperitif of... Uh, Shakespeare's shitstorm that Ben Dixon has <laughs> personally, I mean, ben that Dixon title has personally curated this uh, screening of his teaser for Shakespeare's shitstorm based on The Tempest. Oof, that's incredible. So thank you so much. And now, um, will I introduce the movie itself? So we'll, we'll introduce the movie, too. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. So now the teaser for uh, Shakespeare's shitstorm, I guess. Or... or Oh, just oh, one no, last question. Sorry, we want to make sorry. sure that you're properly promoting yourself. Where can everyone find you online? Well, um, uh, online. Uh, Social media, website, uh, anything. Grindr, uh, this is your Grindr, chance to I promote Nancy, anything. Nancy Drew on Grindr. And, uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, That's incredible. Uh, at Lloyd Coffin on Twitter. I'm sure you all follow me. You must uh. I know I have at least 30 followers, yeah. 30 people. I, at Lloyd Coffin, Twitter, Instagram, very good on I, I, I actually have a good Instagram, right, Tom? Yeah. Very entertaining. 
And then uh, go to Troma Now. We have a, a, a streaming, a streaming uh, channel. Ooh, cool. Troma Now, and uh, all, uh, about 200 Troma movies in every month, new movies by people like you, the, the James Gunns and the Eli Roths of the future, and uh, the Trey Parkers of the future, and uh, Troma Now. You can see the first month free, and uh, uh, also a lot of our political statements and uh, make your own damn movie lessons are there. So uh, nice. Troma Now, watch.troma.com. Awesome. Uh, and the first month is free, otherwise it's four ninety five, and you support the independent arts because we are under assault, as you know. Yeah. Right? We're under assault. We're also under a pepper every once in a while. <laughs> that can sting if you're sitting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Lloyd Kaufman. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you. I'll be uh, working the uh, Waffle House uh, down the road uh, <laughs> tomorrow night. <laughs>